that talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome to your Monday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. We're doing a special celebration of Dwayne Haskins here on this Monday pod. I'm Doug Maurice, and I am joined by great friend, great friend of the pod, former co-host of the pod, Bill Landis, who is here because uh, Landis, like we lived the Dwayne Haskins experience together. And so on the Tuesday pod, Nathan and Steven will be here with me. We will relive the 2018 Ohio State Michigan game to celebrate one of the great games of Dwayne Haskins career. But we want to talk about the Dwayne Haskins we knew, what it was like covering him, and uh, Landis, you needed to be here to do this, so I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Yeah, I'm always uh, always happy to come back on Buckeye Talk. Obviously, wish it was under different circumstances, but uh, he was Dwayne. Dwayne Haskins was, I think, maybe the most interesting guy we covered. And I'm, I've covered Ohio State for eight years. I know you've covered it longer, but I, I think I'd put him at the top of the list of most interesting guys we've covered. So listen, this is. Um, it's been a tough weekend for everybody involved with Ohio State. Our, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, to his teammates, to his coaches, to all the fans out there who cared about Dwayne, and we know there were a lot of them. We're going to give you our perspective on this, and I have like nine different things I want to run through. One of the things I think that is interesting here, Landis, is you joined the beat in 2014, and that was when we really sort of started getting rolling at Cleveland.com, when it was me and you and Ari Wasserman, and it was the three of us totally dedicated to Ohio State football we covered it in a different way than we had before at cleveland.com we were totally all over everything that happened and Dwayne was one of the main guys that like we threw ourselves into i felt that we started we went in the fall of 2014 and went to one of his high school games and then from the minute his entire recruitment getting here his freshman year the 2017 michigan game coming in to save him like he was right in that window when we had three people living and breathing and sleeping Ohio State. And as you said, Dwayne was super talented, but super interesting and super fun to talk to. So I feel like, like you said, he's he's among the most interesting guys that I've covered, but he hit right at a time when we felt like we got to know Dwayne a little bit. We got a handle on Dwayne because we were so interested in whether he was going to be a Buckeye or not. Yeah, I think that was depending, I guess, on, on how you choose to, to, to do this job, you can sort of just like pick up and start learning about a guy when he gets on campus, or you can really kind of cover the journey from wherever he is in high school, obviously all the way through to, to the end of his college career. And, and Dwayne Haskins was, you know, for me anyway, that the kind of first player that I got to learn about in, in that way, I don't, I don't think prior to that, I had gone and done like a, a an in-depth recruiting feature or, or really it was, it's more just like, let's go meet this guy and figure out what he's about. Maybe at, at the time, I don't even know if we thought he'd end up at Ohio state. Cause it, I know he liked Ohio state and Ohio state kind of liked him, but he wasn't committed um, and actually ended up committing to Maryland after that. But um, that was sort of an introduction to Dwayne. And even then he just knew like he had a different kind of quality about him Um sort of like, and now I think Ohio State fans maybe have been spoiled because I think like Justin Fields had similar qualities and, and I think CJ Stroud does as well. But, and even like for JT Barrett, for as good as, as he was and important as he was, I, I think he was, he went about it a different way. And Dwayne was like a little larger than life, um, mm-hmm. even even at, even at that point. And that kind of carried through, through his Ohio State career. And, and I think sometimes when people 
carry themselves that way, it can be off-putting. But for some reason with Dwayne, it wasn't. It was like, I need to talk to this guy more. Like it was, it was, it was captivating. It was the opposite of off-putting. And I, I don't know how he managed to accomplish that. I guess because he was just so sure of himself. And then once he finally got on the field, he, he, he backed it up in every way possible. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a, a like, you know, it's not about us, right. But that was kind of a, an, an important learning experience. I felt like in my career of like, okay, here's how you cover like a guy's entire process from high school all the way up through college. And Dwayne was kind of the first one. So he really burst on the scene for Ohio state fans with when he saved the Michigan game in 2017 and we had written like 30 Dwayne Haskins stories before yeah. then. I have all these subheads, like half of the subheads are before he did much on the field because he was looming larger than life. And I think it was important and interesting how much of a contrast he was to JT Barrett. JT Barrett was a running quarterback. Dwayne Haskins was a sling it pocket passer. JT Barrett was like, a grown-up was mature was this guy who just was the embodiment of like you know this is how you do your business and Dwayne was a little cool and a little fun and a little sly and I just loved all of that and it was a transformation for Ryan Day as a play caller like he Ryan Day's first year calling the plays is 2017 with JT Barrett and then 2018 with Dwayne Haskins like you don't really have a choice here you've got to do this a certain way but I think one of the reasons that Dwayne was so beloved was that he came on the heels of a guy who was one of the great all-time Buckeyes and JT Barrett, who by the end, fairly or unfairly, people were kind of ready for something new at quarterback, probably unfairly, frankly, right? I mean, all JT Barrett did was win from the second he got here. And then Cardale Jones, Cardale Jones in some way was like that, right? Like Cardale Jones was a very different quarterback than JT Barrett and a very different personality than JT Barrett, even though they were friends. But we only sort of got a flash of Cardale. We got three playoff games and then that weird 2015 season. I thought Dwayne was sort of like the full Cardale. Mm-hmm. That, that he had a lot in common with style of play, stature, sort of, sly fun way of doing things and after jt i thought it was what fans wanted and needed in some ways and it does jt barrett was a great buckeye Dwayne haskins was a great buckeye but landis that contrast right on top of each other is kind of what i think added a little bit to the legend of Dwayne and made it really fun and made people really anticipate him coming in and being the starter here I think that's right. And I, I didn't, I didn't really cover, I didn't cover Braxton Miller as a quarterback. And, and I think like his, his style of play was certainly like mesmerizing. I don't, I don't know if he quite carried himself like as a person in, in that same way, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, but JT was, yeah, like, I, I don't know, but buttoned up is probably not the right way to say it, but then Dwayne just was like, he was Dwayne, like he didn't like whatever, whatever that was, whatever. Yeah. What he was just so, so comfortable in his own skin that he, he, didn't really try to put on anything when he talked to us. He was just like, yeah, I know I'm good. I'm going to tell you guys how good I am. And then when I get on the field, I'm going to show you how good I am. Um, and I really appreciated that. And it is funny thinking about that progression. Cause it, like when Cardale in 2015, like the, the best we ever saw of Cardale was like, Oh, this is interesting. I wonder if Ohio state could ever kind of go in this direction. And then it was sort of like right back into what everyone had, had seen before under urban um, for, for so many years. But then when Dwayne finally got a shot, it was like, okay, this is, this is the vision 
fully realized of what like of what maybe the offense could have been had they tailored it to Cardell Jones in 2015 instead of the mess they found themselves in. Um, and then once Dwayne got got the reins really in, in 2018, it's a different coordinator. It's not exactly the same kind of offense, um, but but I think a similar idea. It's like let's play to this guy's strengths, and, and certainly Dwayne's strengths were, were how well he could spin it. Yeah, that, that's one thing they never did in 2015 was set up the offense in a way to play to Cardale Jones's strength and let him succeed on the highest level. And I was just rewatching again right before we started recording the 2017 Michigan game when Dwayne Haskins comes in there and they're still running some quarterback zone reading stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Shake this off. Let's go. And then the couple of plays in that game where they let Dwayne be Dwayne, he's hitting crossers and it's like off to the races. Here we go. But um, that idea that it sort of forced them. Because of who Dwayne was, it forced them to do what I think they wanted to do offensively, but maybe would have been reluctant to do if they hadn't been forced to. And we'll get more specifically into what he did in 2018 at the end of this. But Landis, when they started running mesh in 2018, like let's, let's cross some sh- shallow crossers and let Dwayne pick guys. I felt like you and I had 4,000 conversations about mesh in 2018. It was like, are they going to run mesh routes every snap for the rest of time and by like two-thirds of the way through the season Ryan Day was like yeah they figured that out we'll do something else now but like it was just like from a football standpoint Dwayne was the point guard of this but he was like our point guard anybody who wanted to see like this next step because he wasn't that's the thing about Dwayne he and he would call himself like a distributor he really was a point guard as a passer but he wasn't I mean who was he was like Pete Maravich he was like Jason Williams, or he, he was somebody, he was magic, right? He was throwing behind the back passes kind of thing. This wasn't like a, like it was a point guard with flash, but in the end, Dwayne just wanted to get the ball to his guys and let his guys go crazy. But man, was he fun getting it to those guys. But that was part of it too, Landis, that the football conversations that we love to have because Ryan Day and Dwayne Haskins together were giving us, giving all of us something we'd never seen before. It's, it's funny, like I remember at the time, I can't remember, I might have read like an 11 Warriors article about like Ryan Day's and, and more, I guess more specifically Chip Kelly's like passing background that Ryan Day had brought to Ohio State a little bit. And I was like, oh, what's this mesh play? You can run guys and crossers and like they can almost run into each other and they're like pick plays. Like, is this, is Ryan Day expanding horizons here? And it's like, no, Mike March was doing that stuff 20 years ago and like guys were doing it 30 years before that. It's like, the, <laughs> it's an old football play, just something we hadn't seen a ton of uh, at Ohio State. But I, I do, th- I remember at the time thinking like, I, I, like you just said, like I was, I was learning a lot about football just because of the way those guys kind of talked about it. And because it was new, it just, it just made you, you know, we're not X's and O's guys uh, and, you know, aren't super well versed in that stuff. But that was around the time where I started to get more interested in it. And I think it was because of the way that like Dwayne and Ryan sort of talked about the passing game in football and, and sort of how how it took off there. But um, it, it looks simple and it probably is. It probably is pretty simple. But but as you said, I don't think anyone like just anyone can be as lethal at that kind of stuff as, as Dwayne was, because you're right. He is he is playing point guard. But for those plays to really take off and be really like, it's got to be a pocket pass. It's got to be, it's got to be perfectly placed on the run in front of the guy, let KJ Hill or Paris Campbell or Terry McLaurin catch that thing and keep going. That that's, that's when it took off. And it's like, you can throw it and put it on his body and he'll catch it. And then maybe you'll get eight, nine yards, 11 yards, whatever. And you go to the next place. Like, no, Dwayne put the ball in a place where that eight, nine, 11 yard play is now a 70 yard play because he understood his playmakers and what they did best. 
and the combination of all that, um, even, even as Ohio state progresses in a way we're throwing the ball at that rate is, is much more normal than it was beforehand. I think it's possible. We don't see something quite like that again, like quite like the connection that the Dwayne had with, with that group of receivers on those types of plays. Let's talk a little bit more about Dwayne. Um, sort of the person that we knew before we get into a little bit more of his chronology of, of getting to Ohio state. So the thing, so we've all been doing stuff. We're trying to, anybody who asks, we talk about Dwayne Haskins, the Dwayne Haskins. We knew, we know him as reporters. We're not going to pretend that we had great personal relationships with him. We tried to connect with him in a way that would allow us to tell you guys out there to write and talk about him, to help you connect to him. So I just really liked Dwayne. And I've said a couple places that when in my time since covering Ohio State since 2005, if we played a word association game and said, you know, name a Buckeye when you think of this word. If you said confidence, I'd say Dwayne Haskins, and I wouldn't think twice. I always say Malcolm Jenkins is the guy to me who combined was the best combination of like just absolute smart CEO, like off the field, just the best guy ever, who if you put him on the field, he will take your head off. Like that combination, that is Malcolm Jenkins to me. Utmost confidence in yourself, unshakable belief. It's Dwayne Haskins. I only, I'm not even sure who's two. That's who Dwayne Haskins is to me. So he was a upbeat guy. He was a guy who made football really fun that year in 2018. Defense made it hard for everybody. The offense made football really fun. But Dwayne could be like withering a little bit. Like he didn't necessarily suffer fools in mm-hmm. interviews. And I have this picture that I still have in my phone. I was going to tweet it out this week, but I didn't want people to take it the wrong way. It is Dwayne encapsulated to me. It is just him. He's in a backwards cap, seated at a table in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. All of us gathered around him. And I think I asked him something and he is giving me the, the hardest side eye that I have ever gotten <laughs> in my life that he is just like, what is up with you? And th- I'm not sure I've ever felt like as old and lame as I have as sometimes around Dwayne Haskins. One time he was wearing a friend sweatshirt to interviews and I was like, Oh, who's your favorite friend? And he just looked at me in a way that said, <laughs> Could you be older. Could you be older? It's just a sweatshirt old man. And I was like, uh, is it Chandler? And it was just, but always in a fun, likable way. Like I love, I loved covering Dwayne Haskins, but that part of him, like he was cool. And you sort of almost like needed to elevate yourself to be like, listen, this guy is fun to hang out with, but don't be a total lame old man today, Doug. Could you, yeah. could you peel off 20% of your oldness right now to just hang out with Dwayne. And again, I, I don't say that about most guys and none of that is negative. None of it is negative. It's all positive. Cause I, I think we all did. We all looked forward to talking to Wayne Haskins because he was fun and cool and confident. And you sort of had to re- lift yourself up to hang with him in a 15 minute interview session. You had to keep up with him. Yeah. And, and he wasn't, I don't think he was ever rude in conveying that to you, but he no. conveyed it to you. Yes, <laughs> He had a way, he had a way of letting you know, like, listen, man, we're not on the same level right now. You need to up your game. I don't know, three, four, five levels. And then we'll have a conversation about whatever it is you want to, you want to talk about. But, um, and, and I think that kind of grew as the 2018 season went on too. It was like, okay, we, we need to, 
we didn't move on from like, wow, man, you throw the ball really well. Can you talk about that? Like, let's let's have let's have higher level conversations about football, about what this job is, about what it means to be Ohio State's quarterback. And I kind of appreciated that too. The, you know, the, the progression of the conversation throughout the course of the year. When you talk to guy, like you know, sometimes you know, frankly, we'll talk to Ohio State players. Like, we talked to this guy fifteen times. I don't I don't know what else we can talk to or t- talk with this guy about. Never felt that way with Dwayne. There was always every time Dwayne went out, was, came out, I was like, all right, here we go. It's time yep. to have a, it's time to have, I don't, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be a good conversation because this guy's smart. He's engaging. Um, and, and he sort of knows the deal. I think he knows what's expected of him in those settings as well. Also, I forgot about the friend shirt, like conversation between him and Braxton Miller, for, like best dressed dude. Oh, well, uh, Joshua Perry always looked like a fashion model. Uh, Terry McLaurin had a nice look to him, but like in terms of like style. Yeah. I would say that, that Braxton and Dwayne, um, I have since, yeah, I didn't realize that young people wore friend sweatshirt sort of as like a, a fashion thing. It wasn't because they were watching, you know, reruns on Comedy Central and thinking, I love the one uh, with the, the, <laughs> the, the game show between Monica and Rachel and Chandler and Joey. That's not why he wore that. But it was he had a sense because some guys just come out like in their gray Ohio State workout T-shirt or whatever, mm-hmm. which is great. Not Dwayne. No, no I don't. I'm, I'm sure he did do that a time or two but I, I can't recall i feel like he always had i feel like he always dressed with a purpose when he knew he was doing media yeah nil guy would have been a big nil oh my guy. goodness oh he would like, have made abs- absurd amounts of money doing nil stuff because you just want to be associated with it you just mm-hmm. want to be associated with a guy um like dwayne haskins so i just did and it, but it was never all the things we just said but it was always fun that's the thing it was it was always fun with him and i am at the point now and you are too all any every CJ Stroud question is just I just want CJ Stroud to talk football at me and I just want to yep. get inside um, CJ Stroud's brain. Right. That started with Dwayne. That was the first time I think in my career that I ever got to that point where I just wanted to ask guys because I wanted Dwayne to take me through a play. I wanted Dwayne to to tell all Ohio State fans what he saw and what mm-hmm. he processed. And as he went through 2018, as you said, he was really into that and he'd come down and talk to you about coverages and reads and what he's trying to do in a play. He'd do that all day. If you asked. Well, I think he, I think he wanted people, it's like people like Dwayne when they're so physically gifted and sort of the first thing you see about them and talk about with them is just how physically gifted they are. And he hit a cannon for an arm. I think there's an, an impulse to want to remind you that they're more than that. Right. So, so I think any, any chance that Dwayne got to, kind of flashes football IQ a little bit. He did, which I, I greatly appreciate. Like, I, I feel like I know more about football now having covered him and, and talked with CJ and other guys on the team too, but they just had a really eloquent way of explaining things um, in a way that was like approachable, like not, you, you can really get into the weeds with football talk. Like, and they're, you know, they're, I read plenty of things where I don't, my eyes glaze over and I don't understand what, what I'm reading or hearing, but um, those guys had a really good way of explaining it in a way that, that was approachable and easy to process. All right, let's go back in our timeline a little bit uh, with Dwayne Haskins. 2014, you and Ari and I are going to the Ohio State-Maryland game, and we decide to go a day early, and we go to Dwayne Haskins' high school game that Friday night at the Bullis School. Um, James Franklin is there that night from Penn State. He lands his helicopter at the game. And if I remember it correctly, uh, I dropped off you and Ari to work and I went to Pizza Hut. I think that might have been <laughs> how that worked. But that was a thing we were doing, right? Um, that was, but we went to see Dwayne. So that's Dwayne's junior year. 
And with, there is this great video. You can find it out there of like baby Ari Wasserman and baby Dwayne Haskins doing a video after the game. But like, that was a big thing for us. Like, every, you know, again, we're not pretending we invented recruiting coverage. Recruiting sites have been doing this for a decade before we started doing it like this at cleveland.com. But like, we went to see 16 or 17 year old Dwayne Haskins and like Dwayne Haskins didn't let us down. Gave us a great story, right? Yeah, he was good. Um, I can't remember. I remember shooting that video with Ari and Dwayne. And then I think I might have talked to Dwayne myself for like four or five minutes. Ari Ari sort of did his thing and like wrote like, here's a story of this kid's recruitment. And I sort of did more of my thing, which was like, here's what I thought about the kid as a football player. I actually think I compared him to JT Barrett in the story that I wrote, um, which is kind of funny now thinking back on it. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just making stuff up, um, especially especially back then. Um but yeah, he was, I can't remember who they played. I remember Stefan Diggs was there because Stefan Diggs brother was on the other team um, that, that bowl school was playing at that time. And Stefan Diggs, brother, who's like a pro bowl cornerback for the Cowboys now, like that's Stefan Diggs, brother. I, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Unless he I has another, so. unless he has another brother. Okay. Uh, but yeah. he was there because I'll never forget. Stefan Diggs was there in head to toe denim. And I was like, I could never pull that alpha off, but, but it looks good on Stefan Diggs. Um, and then the next day he played against Ohio state. Um, so, but I remember being impressed by Dwayne's like, he had like a, like a, uh, he had a toughness to him then, which maybe, I don't know if that's the word people would use to describe him as an Ohio state quarterback, but when you're at the high school level, you just sort of do whatever they tell you to do to win the game. And he was the best player on the field. So he was running the ball a lot, certainly made some good throws, but I think I compared him to JT at the time because of, how willing he was to be a runner at that point in his career. Um, and maybe it was a little less so later uh, for whatever reason, but, or he didn't have to be uh, maybe that's what it was, but yeah, he was, he did not disappoint with his style of play and certainly did disappoint when we talked to him because you got a, a sense of that, that confidence we've been talking about right, right from the get go. So Dwayne Haskins in a lot of ways was destined to be a Buckeye, but also almost wasn't a Buckeye. So everybody I think is aware of, if you're not, go find it. It's on YouTube. Aware of the video of Dwayne as a 10-year-old fifth grader in 2008 visiting the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. He's in an Ohio State jersey, and he says, I'm going to be the Ohio State quarterback someday. And the idea that like that kid lived his dream is something that people will never forget. It's one of the more amazing things that you'll see. So that video is on YouTube. You can go find it. But as you sort of touched on Ohio state in that 2016 recruiting class originally had Tristan Wallace from Texas committed as their quarterback, Tim Beck, the quarterback's coach was a Texas high former Texas high school coach, big Texas recruiter. That's the guy they get first and Dwayne commits to Maryland. And then Tristan Wallace decommits so he can go to Oregon to be a receiver. And it turns out Tristan Wallace has a, uh, some major off field issues with some accusations and like just was would not have worked out as Ohio state's quarterback. But when that happens, then they turn back to Dwayne. But I remember I, I just wanted to write about this. I tried to get a hold of Tristan Wallace for a year to try to write about this. And I, and I, he never got back to me. Um, but I talked to Dwayne about it after, after practice one day, I remember walking with Dwayne after interviews and running through like, Hey, like, you know, you maybe weren't going to be here. And this is part of what I wrote. There's a world where if Tristan Wallace had never left the Buckeyes, Dwayne Haskins never would have been a Buckeye quote. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. I don't know if I would have been at Maryland, but it's crazy how life works. Like this is not unusual land. This is how recruiting goes, but a Ohio state needed Tristan Wallace to decommit B Dwayne had to decommit for Maryland and C 
this was right when Maryland was firing DJ Durkin and Mike Loxley took over at the end of that season. If Maryland had retained Mike Loxley as Maryland's head coach, permanent head coach, I know because I have talked to Mike Loxley about this. I know Mike Loxley believes Dwayne would have gone to Maryland because he and Dwayne had a great relationship. So there are some definite paths here, Landis, that don't lead Dwayne here. There, there are a bunch of different ways you could go. That also all had to happen pretty quickly because Tristan Wallace was, I think, a, I think a signing day flip away from Ohio State to Oregon. Um, and then you sort of had – that was I believe that was the first early signing day that year in December. And I think that's when Tristan Wallace decided he was, he was not going to come to Ohio State to be quarterback if I have those timelines right. And then Dwayne at that time was still committed to Maryland, but he didn't sign. Um, or maybe he did sign and he got out of it, but, but he didn't decommit from Maryland until January. So um, that was, they had record, recruited him earlier. So the relationship was there, although it wasn't Tim Beck who had initially started it. And, and I guess we had to pick up there, but Urban was still there and Urban knew who Dwayne was. Um, but yeah, that could have gone any number of ways. I, 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 the one thing I have not entertained much is the alternate reality where he doesn't go to Maryland or Ohio state and like what that would have looked like where he would have gone and, and maybe how his career perhaps could have been differently from there because it didn't seem like once he decommitted from Maryland, and I think it was uh, Keandre Jones at the same time, right? Yes. Also, also decommitted from Maryland. I think everyone sort of understood that they were going to go to Ohio State. So I, I can't recall who else might have been in that mix at the time. But yeah, there there are a few different avenues you can you can go down there that certainly change the story for Dwayne, but you know probably change the story in a significant way for Ohio State too if if they kind of progress forward with guys who I would say are more like urban style quarterbacks rather than than Dwayne, who very much was not. So let me run through a little timeline here. You're, you're on it that I had written in this story from 2018. October 11th, 2015. So Dwayne's already recruited 2015. October 11th, Maryland fires Randy Edsel, replaces him. I, this, is not D, this is not when DJ Durkin got in trouble. This is when DJ Durkin came in. I apologize. I misspoke there. To the, October 11th, 2015, Maryland fires Randy Edsel. Mike Loxley is promoted to interim, interim coach. December 3rd, 2015, Maryland hires DJ Durkin instead of keeping Loxley as the permanent head coach. December 11th, Haskins, who is committed to Maryland, makes an official visit to Ohio State. December 14th, 2015, Wallace flips to Oregon. January 14th, now coaches can go visit recruits again, and Tim Beck lives at the Bullet School. Tim Beck goes, and this is uh, Pat Salento, who is Dwayne's high school head coach, Tim Beck stayed with him the whole day. He watched Dwayne do yoga. He watched him throw. You could sort of see what was going on at that point. So, um, but Dwayne told me that, that Tristan Wallace had told Dwayne that he was going to flip. So Dwayne knew, I think even before Ohio state did. So Dwayne was getting his ducks in a row with mm. Ohio state before it became official, which also, by the way, is Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> it's like, does Dwayne Haskins know more than everybody else? Is Dwayne Haskins a step ahead? Is Dwayne Haskins getting his ducks in a row to make sure like that this situation works out the best it possibly can for him? That's Dwayne Haskins. Like Dwayne Haskins wound up in control of that situation. Ohio State was a little desperate there at the end, Landis. And Haskins was like, it's all right, man. I got this. I got it figured out for you. We're good. Tim Beck, let me finish my uh, my dolphin pose here, and then we'll be good to go. It's all good. They they really needed a guy then. I, I was trying to remember the, the quarterback situation. So that was 
the 2015 year they had JT Cardell, they had Stephen Collier and, and they had Joe Burrow, but Cardell was going to be gone after that year. I think you, you assume JT would be back because of how weird 2015 was, but, but I don't think anybody expected that JT would also be back in 2017. So you're looking at a depth chart where your 2016 quarterback situation kind of just sets up as, as Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow by himself. So, you know, Ohio state talks about needing a quarterback every year. And sometimes that is true. And other times it's just them talking. They really needed a guy in that class and, and like, not just like a, a body, like they needed a dude in that class. And they luckily for them, they got one of Dwayne. Um, this is how urban described the month between Tristan Wallace decommitting and then Dwayne committing. That was a very strenuous moment when the previous commitment decided not to play the position. I was actually at a hotel room in New Jersey when I got the phone call. I mean, my mouth went dry. I said, what? Because every other quarterback was committed, basically. And we started searching the ones that were not committed. And to be quite honest, it wasn't a very attractive pool of players. So, again, this is like Tristan Wallace decommits and Ohio State is like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And Dwayne Haskins is already making plans (laughs) to be Ohio State's quarterback, though he's currently committed to Maryland. He knows more about what's happening with Ohio State's quarterback recruiting than Ohio State does. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's not, none of, none of that is surprising because it's not, it's not just Dwayne, Dwayne obviously was very good at, at having a vision for himself, putting a plan in place and then following through on that plan. But I also like, it, it's because his family was that way too. So like the, the idea that like they were ready when the opportunity, for whatever reason it didn't work out the first time for him to go to Ohio state, when the opportunity came back around, like they weren't, they weren't caught off guard by that. That was never yeah. going to happen. Not, not, not with the way they went about their business. That is a, it's a great family. It's a tight family. It's a smart family. It's like a, um, it, a very pragmatic, like I just, I have a lot of respect for the people. Recruiting's crazy. And the thing that always happens is the schools know what's up and the families figure it out right at the end of the process. Cause it, it's a fire hose and you don't know what's going on. And then right when you learn it, you're done. But that the Haskins family had enough of a handle on this to, to get this figured out uh, is a credit to Dwayne is a credit to the entire family. And, and Ohio state is lucky in a lot of ways. This was going to be a Buckeye fly effect podcast. That's one of the things we do where we do a, what if this had never happened? And I was going to make this, what if Dwayne Haskins had never committed to Ohio state Landis, but I don't want to do that because I would, I was worried that would turn into a Joe Burrow discussion too much Mm -hmm. because It's like, well, what if Dwayne Haskins never committed? It's like, well, I don't know. Joe Burrow is probably the starting quarterback for two years. And it's not like that's a bad answer, right? But this is about Dwayne. And we'll get to that 2018 spring battle. But the idea in the, the, the bottom line is in the moment, Ohio State was pinched and they wound up finding a guy who had wanted to be a Buckeye since he was in elementary school who would go on to break every passing record in the book, who would go on to finish third in the Heisman race, and who would go on to create an Ohio State legacy that people will never forget. And it is not necessarily, it is not brilliant maneuvering by Ohio State. It is Dwayne Haskins making sure it all worked out. So which is another part of the Dwayne Haskins legacy is how he got himself here. I, I, yeah, it makes me wonder because Ohio State has a kind of cachet, right? Where they can, they can go after guys late and, and oftentimes they get them, even if like you're just like, where did this recruitment come from? I've never heard this person's name before. I wonder how receptive Dwayne would have been to that 
had he not been the 10 year old with the headband on on the Woody in whatever year that was and like taking his picture with Jim Trestle and like talking yep. about how Troy Smith was his favorite quarterback. Like we talk with like, I know you talk about, and I've talked about too, that the secret sauce at Ohio state recruiting. It's like, they, they just find guys who love the Buckeyes since they were four years old. Um, and oftentimes those guys have like familial ties to Ohio. Dwayne didn't have that, but he was a Buckeye when he was, you know, in, in grade school. So it feels uh, not to be super, sappy about it i guess but it feels a little bit like fate intervened there mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for for these two to, to come together and then obviously for it to to play out the way it did once he got on the field i think his family had a relationship with sean springs if i'm not incorrect um yes i think that helped mm-hmm. um i will say i mean I, I looked into i sort of tried when i did the recruiting book i i danced around trying to do a, a Dwayne haskins chapter and it didn't work out but like the the idea that this guy made it happen and uh ohio state football is better for it We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more celebrating the legacy of Dwayne Haskins on Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice, happy to be joined by our great friend Bill Landis here on Buckeye Talk. Landis, let's jump ahead to the 2016 Fiesta Bowl at the end of Dwayne Haskins' freshman year. It is media day. It is wide open. There are Ohio State players in this ballroom at the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, probably 30 guys at tables. You can go anywhere. There are coaches kind of walking around, floating around, and there are some guys off to the side kind of playing video games. And I think we've talked about this enough over the years. People understand that in situations like that, we don't necessarily want to talk to the guys who are about to star in the Fiesta Bowl. We want to talk to the guys we don't normally get to talk to. And the fight to talk to Dwayne Haskins was real. (laughs) Right? We all And Ari won. Ari got it. Ari got to do it, but that's who Dwayne was. He was a freshman who had not done nothing yet. And it was like, oh, uh, this is an uh, entire playoff team here. If we would have had a draft that day, I think Dwayne Haskins would have been number one of who do you want to talk to? That's who he was. That's how exciting he was. He would have absolutely been number one. And let's, let's be honest. If, if there's someone who needs to interview a, you know, borderline cocky, highly rated true freshman as he's playing Madden and like half paying attention to you. Like that person is Ari Wasserman. So I think it worked out well that, that Ari was the one that ended up having that interview, but even that, I can't remember what I did. Then I probably talked to like some offensive lineman or something like that. But I also remember spending at least a few minutes just watching Ari talk to Dwayne because like they're too fat. Ari is also a fascinating person, two fascinating people having a conversation while one of them was playing video games um, about the future of the quarterback position at Ohio state. Um, but then, you know, I went back and watched the video this week too, as, as I'm sure you did. And maybe some other people listening did as well. Um, and that was just like, yeah, this kid, Dwayne fully believed in that moment that if JT Barrett came back, like Dwayne was going to compete with him and win the job. It's like, what are you talking about? But yeah. In 2017. Yeah. And this is the headline. You guys can Google this if you want to go read the story. Cocky and talented Dwayne Haskins thinks he's Ohio State's Deshaun Watson. He could be right. Oh, my God. And it's just baby Dwayne. God, it's great. But that's who. But again, how can you do that? It's like he's it's like, oh, uh, uh, Dwayne, the uh, guy over here is the maybe the greatest quarterback in Ohio State history. It's like, yeah, I'm good. I'll try. I'm gonna, maybe going to beat him out. Yep. But it's like, yeah, no, we believe. OK, cool. Like, no, it's not. Again, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you you have to really walk a line with that, but that's who Dwayne was. And so it didn't, it didn't feel disrespectful, right? No, yeah. how, but how? No, it didn't. And they had this great relationship. This is the whole time. JT calls everybody by a different name because he's the leader of the quarterback room. And he calls Joe Burrow. He called uh, Dwayne Haskins name was was it Ross? Is that he right? was Ro- yeah, Dwayne. Dwayne was Ross. And I can't remember what Joe was. 
You know what? How? Why did I have to ask Dwayne Haskins who his favorite Friends character was? His name is Ross. What am I? Why would I? No wonder he was so dismissive of that question. He's like, it's Ross, man. I totally love dinosaurs. Uh, I I completely relate. I dressed as an armadillo. I'm just a huge David Schwimmer guy. Yeah, Yeah, just uh, just love Schwimmer. So so that was Dwayne. We're we're fighting to talk to Dwayne as a true freshman. Okay, 2017 comes. JT Barrett clearly the quarterback. Ohio State loses to Oklahoma at home. I thought Dwayne Haskins should have started for Ohio State the next week at quarterback. And you know who else thought that? Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne. <laughs> Let's try to describe to people who I just I want to be clear about something here. We are having fun with this and we are laughing through this because we loved covering this guy. And it was fun and exciting. And there was so much talent there. And there was such a great personality there but it was always well-intentioned. It was, it was never, um, it was, we even cocky in the headline, like I, I just cocky. Most people hear cocky and they think, Oh, it's like, but it's, it wasn't that it was joyous. It was joyful. It was playful, but while always being rock solid self-belief. So you gravitated, you gravitated towards Dwayne Haskins. And we're just a bunch of guys asking questions, but that's what Terry McLaurin and KJ Hill and Paris Campbell and Johnny Dixon and Mike Weber and JK Dobbins and this team did as well. That's one of the great things about this land is we saw Joe Burrow's success, the outpouring from his Ohio state team match, how, how much they love Joe Burrow, this tragic passing of Dwayne Haskins, the outpouring, they loved both these guys, right? Yep. I mean, that's the one thing that I've learned over time at Ohio state with Cardale Jones and JT Barrett, with Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow, you you assume there's something in a quarterback competition where people have to pick sides or there's some animosity. And then you see the end result, and it's just two guys going at it, and you can love both of them. And I that absolutely was true with the way Ohio State people reacted to Dwayne Haskins. So I just don't want anyone to get the wrong impression if I say something wrong, whatever. It is all positive. It is all fun. It is all in service of a greater good for Ohio State football, but it's Dwayne being Dwayne. And Landis, we came in after the Oklahoma game, I think on a Wednesday night at practice, and Dwayne Haskins was throwing passes, and it is one of the more famous moments, I think, in Ohio State beat history the last decade. I remember, like, at least initially just thinking, like, oh, that's cool, Dwayne's throwing. We don't get to see a ton of that. I'm just going to watch Dwayne throw, throw some passes. And then, like, it took, like, three or four for me to be like, Oh, this is, this is intentional. <laughs> this is, this is not just a guy getting an extra work. Uh, this is a guy just, you know, reminding us that if, if, if ever anyone wanted to put him in a game, he has an absolute cannon for an arm. Um, and it wasn't just, it wasn't just that they lost to Oklahoma. It was that they lost to Oklahoma and like, they just couldn't throw the ball and they didn't throw They didn't throw it well in 2016. They didn't throw it well in 2015. Like it was a multi-year thing. And then meanwhile, there's just like golden armed at the, at the time, sophomore, uh, who was just like, man, I like, here's, here's what I can do. Um, and again, like it wasn't, I, I, I didn't take it as disrespect to anybody. Um, but it was Dwayne brimming with self-confidence in the way he always did. And honestly, Maybe that was like the peak version of it. I know he played the next year. It was awesome. 
but that felt to me sort of like if, if anyone ever said to me, like, you always talk about how this guy's confident and just like carried it with him. Like what, what story would you tell to illustrate that? It's that one. Cause that wasn't normally what people were doing when reporters were let into practice on a weeknight. There normally no. wasn't the backup quarterback wasn't normally out there dropping dimes. And it, it, you just could not take it as coincidental that it was appearing right after this moment where they did not throw the ball well enough, as you said, at the, after a litany of not throwing the ball well enough. I wrote it. I wrote it at the time. I'd go to Dwayne. And it feels like Chris said, what do you mean? And in the end, Urban Meyer was never going to do it. He was not going to go away from rock-solid, super-loyal JT Barrett, who, by the way, would go on to have some great – passing moments that year the Penn State game mm-hmm. right I mean like he he did some great things it, it wasn't like JT Barrett was washed up but he had not played well that day I think and listen Landis it's one of those things where we felt at that time the game had reached the point in college football where you had to throw it at a certain level to give yourself a chance that was the thing and they already had a loss they just lost to Oklahoma if you're trying to elevate yourself to compete at the highest level You've got this guy here. I'm not saying they should have gone to Dwayne in the end. I'm not saying it was a mistake, but I think if they would have gone to Dwayne, I think Dwayne would have been good. Now, the next year in 2018, there was a decent amount of conversation from Ryan Day and other people of like, he wouldn't have been ready. Mm-hmm. He was not ready in 2017 to be what he was in 2018. I always push back against that a little bit because it's like, well, I, I mean, how would you know? Because and we'll get to this in a second. When you put him in the mission game, he sure seemed ready at the end of 2017. So I understood he wasn't as advanced in his understanding of the game, but the dude could always sling it. So I would have been curious how a 2017 Dwayne Haskins season would have unfolded had they gone to him because we know how it worked out. They have the game against Iowa. That's their second loss. They don't make the playoff. I don't know. He might have been, he might have thrown 20 picks. I don't know. But I think he would have had some great moments, if not a lot of great moments. I think he could have too. That the thing that was tricky at the time, and I, I can't recall exactly what what I thought. I don't. I don't think I ever said like give Dwayne a shot. I think I was probably on the let let JT figure this out train, and that was because you you would have had to, I think, pretty drastically change the offense on the fly, which is mm-hmm. which is difficult. Um, they're, they're just two very different styles of quarterback. And it's not to say that it, that it couldn't be done because they kind of did that in 2014 when, when Cardell came in for, for JT and they went on that run. So it, it is possible, but um, it's difficult. And, and I also think, you know, for, for as much as people said, like, like he's not ready about Dwayne, like, I don't know if Urban was ready for that. I, I don't know. I don't know if Urban was ready to get good outside of his comfort zone quite in that way. Cause even in 2018, when Dwayne was playing, Urban didn't always look comfortable. So I can't imagine trying to talk him into that on the fly in the middle of the season, coming off of a loss to Oklahoma when, when the intensity of every game gets, gets ratcheted up that much more. So um, I, I think it probably made sense to go with the experience, go with what was comfortable. But that's not to say that, that Dwayne couldn't have gotten the job done if he was put in there. Cause I, I think when he was finally put into that Michigan game, he showed that he was a guy who, who had the, the capabilities, not, not, not just the physical arm talent, but just sort of the, the approach and the, the ability to like not get rattled by things to, to step into that moment if he was asked to. Which takes us to six Oh seven left in the third quarter of the Ohio state Michigan game in 2017. Again, one of the craziest things that you'll ever see happen 
JT Barrett gets hit with a camera in the pregame, which we sort of didn't know at the time. We find this out after the game gets hit in the knee on the sideline by a camera and it aggravates a knee injury that then he's trying to play with. And it eventually is too much. And with six Oh seven left in the third quarter, Ohio state trailing 20 to 14 JT Barrett is out and Dwayne Haskins is in. And after a couple plays, Gus Johnson on the Fox telecast says, quote, he does not look like the situation is too big for him. And on that drive, he comes in. He has a great third down sideline throw to Austin Mack that Austin Mack takes a huge hit on and holds on to the ball like just absolute professional receiver play by Austin Mack at the highest level. But Dwayne put it right on his hands. Then Dwayne, who I just was never going to be a great runner, evades a sack and escapes and runs like 25 yards down to the two yard line. They end up going in for the go ahead touchdown. He leads two more field goal drives and they went and he leads an Ohio state comeback. He comes, the bottom line is Landis. He's a second year player who had not really played that much. He was 34 of 54 that season in the backup role coming in. He'd had that game where he came in and fumbled uh, sort of in a blowout and urban got mad and had to put JT back in the game. It was like a wet ball, I think against Mer- against Illinois um, had not played that much. He comes into the Michigan game with Ohio State losing, and they win. Mm -hmm. And it's remarkable, and the whole thing was it was not too much for him because Dwayne Haskins believed he could do it, and he did it. He took a shot on that run, too, where he ran down to the one-yard line. He got, like, hit squarely on the side of the head. (laughs) And there's a a reverse angle of it where – it looks kind of nasty, but he popped right back up um, and stayed in the game and, and kept playing. And I thought it showed some toughness in that moment. But the, the, I went back and I didn't watch, I didn't watch every snap of that game from the second he went into the second it ended. But I kind of watched like clips of it and highlights of it. A couple of his completions like were big time completions on third down, and and at, at a time when Ohio State was still you know either trailing in that game or or up, up by a score, and they were you know it was still a ball game. It wasn't like they were on cruise control trying to just run out of lead. So. There was there was some stuff there with him where like I like I think it's the kind of thing where you where you think back on it and and maybe remember it as something different than what it was like he wasn't slicing and dicing Michigan for for a half of football but when the money was down and he needed to make a play in a tight game against your rival in an arbor he made the play um, and and sometimes that was as simple as flipping it to KJ Hill and other times it was escaping a sack and and lowering a shoulder and running down to the pylon to set up a touchdown like he did he did a little bit of everything in that game and. Um, and the, the, the level to which like it, like the magnitude did not seem to register with him on the field was uh, impressive, but then also after the game too, it was just like, yeah, I just went out there to play football. Like, it wasn't like we were all like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened. Is JT going to play next week? Is this a quarterback controversy? Is Dwayne about to have a Cardell run at the end of the 2017 football season? And Dwayne was just like, I'm not, I'm not thinking of any of that. Or, or if he was, he certainly didn't let on that he was. It was just like normal for him, which is kind of remarkable given where he was in his career at that point. And it was hitting crossers on the hands and getting yards after catch. He had mm-hmm. a couple of those plays. It was just like, it was the beginning of like, oh no, this is what he's going to do all year. Uh, after the game, Urban Meyer on the field said, I thought it was elite when urban calls you elite. That's like urban's that's the word. If, if urban yeah. thinks you were elite, you did something really well that day. And again, I, I think I wrote JT after that game, like, Oh my gosh, you got hit with the camera. What was that? But you wrote Dwayne. And I know you went back and referenced that piece and you did a great job of, of sort of following Dwayne through the post game. But it was an example again of like, here he is. He's this supremely confident guy, but also just like a regular dude. Tell us a little bit about what you wound up writing about Dwayne that day. 
Yeah, so he did he did his normal media availability at the, the table there in, in Ann Arbor. And then sometimes when you're there, like right outside of that room, you can talk to a coach or a player for like an extra two, three minutes, or whatever it was. And shockingly, it was only myself and Rob Aller, I think, from the dispatch who like followed Dwayne out the door, which like in hindsight is crazy. Like why didn't 14 people follow him out the, out the door? But I'm thankful, I guess, that it was just the two of us. Um, and then once you're in that space, it's all only a few more steps till you get outside and you're outside of a, a Michigan stadium where the team buses are. So I just kind of followed Dwayne through that. And we were doing a lot of video stuff at the time. So I just had my cell phone out and I was taking video that I was going to post to YouTube of like, here's Dwayne Haskins, at, at least for one day, like experiencing what it's like to walk out of a winning stadium as Ohio state starting quarterback. Um, and he didn't really hit like a pizza tucked under his arm. And he was like carrying a jacket in his other hand and he wasn't doing anything crazy. He just like walked out. He was smiling. Like you could tell he was, he was enjoying the moment. Um, and then I'm, I'm standing probably, I don't know, 15 feet for him. And then to my left, I hear someone like, Hey Ross. And I was like, Oh, that's funny. Someone called him Ross. And I looked over, it was JT's mom, Stacy. Um, and Dwayne like stopped what he was doing. Dwayne was actually walking toward the bus to get on the bus. And he like stopped, walked over, put his stuff down, gave JT's mom a big hug. Um, JT's dad, Joe was there. He gave J- JT's dad a big hug too. And it was like, I, I don't remember it, but I realized it as like, I went back and watched it. Like that was a, uh, that was the hug between JT JT's dad and Dwayne was like a little different than like, Hey, good to see it. It was like, thank you for, for, cause JT was technically went four and zero against Michigan with that game as a starting quarterback. And it wouldn't have happened without Dwayne. Um, and it was probably more than that, but it was just like, he hugged Dwayne. He like gave him an extra pat on the head. Like it was a very warm embrace. Um, and I don't know if Dwayne's, Dwayne's, Dwayne's family might not have been there because he was a backup quarterback and the game was in Ann Arbor. And, um, but, but JT's family was there and it was like, in a typical moment where maybe you'd go find like your family and friends to like, you know, kind of revel in what just happened. It was like JT's parents for that 32nd moment in time kind of took the place of that. But it was, I thought it was a good illustration of like the kind of dude that Dwayne is. Cause Dwayne could have been like, I'm the man now. Like I'm going to get on bus one, everybody shower me with praise. Like this is my moment. And it was like, no, I think he was thinking about like JT and what was going to happen with JT and like wanted to be with his family for a little bit. Um, more so than, than wanting to kind of bathe in what had just happened for him. Amazing. Amazing. You guys can go read that story. The headlines, Dwayne Haskins gets the Ohio state quarterback experience, colon, no controversy, but history. Great story by Landis taking you through all of that. There is a world again, where you reference this a little bit, sort of like the Cardale thing. JT has arthroscopic knee surgery that week and plays against Wisconsin, the big 10 championship game. And it's this miraculous. How does JT Barrett play five days after surgery? We thought maybe Dwayne was going to play and you know what? Dwayne would have been ready to play. And we also thought Ohio state might make the playoff. Mm -hmm. So again, envision a world where JT's knee injury is a little worse and he can't play against Wisconsin and imagine a world where, they get a little more consideration in the room. We might have seen what we saw in 2014 with the backup quarterback coming yep. in and do it. That as great as Dwayne was, and I think Dwayne wanted that shot. Like I think Dwayne, of course he did. Of course, any backup Anybody quarterback. Would, yeah. But Dwayne was ready. There was no doubt that Dwayne was ready. We didn't get to see it. And then Ohio State comes out right there losing in the first half against Wisconsin in the 2017 Big Ten Championship game, and they rally in the second half. And JT Barrett is amazing. JT Barrett is an amazing person and player to be able to do that five days after arthroscopic knee surgery. But 
if you had needed to go to the backup quarterback, guess what? The backup quarterback would have been ready. Honestly, they probably should have played the way. And it's like playing, they probably a should have. Yes. playing a guy after knee surgery is kind of crazy. It's, I mean, that's who JT was like, there was no way that he was not going to play in that game if he was able to stand upright. So I, like, I, I respect JT Barrett tremendously for playing in that game. And, and that's part of his Ohio state legacy is just the stuff that he played through. It wasn't the first time he played, played through um, an injury, but at that moment, it was like, this guy is not himself frankly had not played very well the like he was awesome in the penn state game but like didn't play great after that um and it was like Dwayne was just really good in the michigan game this guy's hurt like there's a pretty clear and easy opening to maybe hand this over and and maybe you don't like the playoff maybe you do but um yeah and, and even during the game you felt like okay let's let's get Dwayne in, in the game here this this seems like it's a little crazy to make jt play through this but they figured out a way to win the game which is a credit to jt barrett but certainly there was an opening there for Dwayne. And the person probably least ready for any of that, as you said already, was Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against Dwayne personally. It's just style of quarterback. Urban just was not ready for that transition. And so this is how it unfolded. But there could have even been as great as Dwayne's legacy is. There could have been more. There really, there really could have been more yeah. if, if things go a couple different ways. People want us to talk about this, Landis. We can touch on it. Um, the Adam Schefter tweet that announced the death of Dwayne Haskins to most of us. Um, on Sunday, and it referenced the fact that he had struggled in the NFL to sort of find his place in the league. And a lot of people got upset that Adam Schefter in a moment announcing the tragic death of a 24-year-old young man who was uh, a son and a brother and a husband and a friend and a teammate and someone that was loved by fans that you're referencing sort of like his career path and that he didn't hold on to a starting job as a first round pick. Uh, and then that was followed up by Gil Brandt, who's 90 years old from saying just ridiculous, inexcusable things about Dwayne Haskins. It doesn't matter who you are, or how old you are. Um, some of the things Gil Brandt said, I mean, they're just, it's, it's inexcusable. It's, it's ridiculous. And it's Gil Brandt. It, it's, it's shameful what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know these people. We don't, we're trying to tell our listeners right now, the Dwayne that we experienced, but it was just brushes here and there. It's 15 minutes in an interview. It's eight minutes in the hallway. Um, we do view them as athletes because that's why we know them at all. We wouldn't know who Dwayne Haskins was. If he, if he was an Ohio State student who wasn't the quarterback, we wouldn't have met him. The people listening here wouldn't know his name. So, of course, they're athletes to us. But obviously, it's completely under- understandable the way people reacted to this. Um, we have to do better as journalists. We have to do better. They are people. These athletes are people. And in moments of tragedy, they're people, they're people and everything else is second. I do think, you know, it's, it's okay. The rest of the time for us to talk about them as athletes and talk about their performance. Cause that's sort of what it is, but this wasn't right. How any, any of this went down. Landis, in my opinion, with with how it was presented to the world um, when this is a a young man who lost his life. Yeah, it was just it was callous, I I think, maybe is is the way that I would describe it. It's just, you know, ignoring ignoring the humanity of it and and, I don't know, whittling it, whittling someone down to a few months of, of their life or a few years of their life where maybe things didn't go quite the way they expected. 
as if like nothing else, <clears throat> excuse me, nothing else had happened before or, you know, or, or after that is, is just not the way to approach it. And even, you know, writing about Dwayne on, on Saturday afterward, I, I found myself wondering a little bit. It's like, all, all I know of him really is, is of him as a football player. And you like, you got a little flavor for or a little feel for his personality. Um, and I think, you know, how loyal he was to his family. He talked about his sister all the time. They, they were really close, but it's like, I'm not, I would never pretend to know like the intimate details of that kind of stuff or, or really what kind of guy he was. I, I, I assume I have assumptions about it because I, I think he was a good guy based on the way that everybody sort of reacted to him. Um, and I never had a bad interaction with him and always appreciated talking to him. But I also wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't expound all that in writing because I would just be making stuff up. I don't know the guy. Um, but you also don't ignore that. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't dismiss that um, and, you know, write something the way that Adam Schefter wrote it. Certainly you don't talk about him the way that Gil Brandt did. I couldn't, I, I had several uh, tweets about Gil Brandt that I, I probably at this point are thankful I didn't send out, but because that really, mm. made me, that really made me upset um, the way that he talked about Dwayne. Um, and, and it is, you know, I, I think you and I and people who try to be good at this job or, or, you know, try to be thoughtful about those kind of things and understand that at the end of the day, we're just writing about people, um, even though we know them as athletes and, and or entertainers, however, however you want to consider it. But I don't think you can ever forget that. You can't ever forget that humanity piece of it. Unfortunately, some people did um, on the day that Dwayne lost his life. And uh, it was unfortunate. He's a great all-time Buckeye. And, and again, he just, he brought a lot of joy uh, to a lot of people when he, when his career ended in Washington, I did write that. I think, you know, a lot of the things at Ohio state that made Dwayne great and that made us love Dwayne, all the things we're talking about, his belief in himself and that internal confidence, I think maybe it didn't serve him as well in the NFL right there. We certainly don't know what it was like, but there was reporting there of like what happened with his career. And listen, that, in the moment when you are in a place where you're talking about a person's career, that's, that's what you do. But there have been a lot of great Ohio state players who didn't have great success in the NFL. Troy Smith didn't have great success in the NFL. He's an all-time Buckeye. He's a great guy. I love Troy Smith. Bobby Carpenter, you know, was in the league for several years. was a first round pick. Didn't have first round pick success in the NFL. People love Bobby Carpenter. He's an, an invaluable member of the Ohio state community. That's the thing. Dwayne Haskins would have been the kind of guy that would have come in 10 years would have been at an Ohio state game. And people would have been like, ah, Dwayne's here. Mm -hmm. He would have been coming back with his family. If he had had children coming back, Hey, Dwayne Haskins is here. Oh, Dwayne Haskins is on the sidelines for the spring game. I don't know what's going to happen in the NFL. He would have been the kind of guy that you would have loved to see who would have loved being a Buckeye for another 50 years. So that's lost. Like that. That's lost. It's a minor thing in the fact that that a husband and a brother and a son and a friend is lost. But we, Ohio State, loved him forever for who he was and what he did. And we have to all be better about this. When when it's normal circumstances, we're gonna write and talk about performance. That's how this works, and that's okay. But right now, this is. That wasn't the time for it. And we all know that. We all know that. We all have to be better. We all have to be better. That's our profession, Landis. And we're all, we all need to hold ourselves to a higher standard of that. We're not going to be able to have, we're not going to have time to get into his entire 2018 season. I think the 2018 season sort of stands on its own. 
Nathan and yeah. Stephen and I will talk about it a little more on the Tuesday podcast when we when we re, do the retalkable in the 2018 uh, Michigan game. But I do want to talk about uh, the battle because in the spring of 2018 with Joe Burrow and Dwayne Haskins, it kind of fell in that I was sort of the Dwayne Haskins writer and you were sort of the Joe Burrow writer. <laughs> and, and I just thought he made a throw in the spring game. I think it was to Ben Victor. Dwayne did in the corner of the end zone. And I was like, that's it. It's him. This, I don't yeah. even know what are we doing here? There's not a decision to be made. How can you not play this guy? And the thing that you try to explain to people who didn't live it, you know, when you're doing these national radio shows and stuff, and it's like part of Dwayne Haskins legacy is that he legitimately fairly and squarely. And I think unequivocally now we did a Buckeye retalkables off the 2018 spring game a little bit ago. And in rewatching that, the way that Joe sort of had a mastery to some degree of what he was doing, I thought, if you were looking for it, if you were really, really, really next level looking for it, maybe you could have found your way to say, I know, I know, I know, but I think this might be the guy. And maybe you pick Burrow, but Dwayne won it. Like it would have been a surprise. It would have been an upset. It would have been like, hey, you know, Dwayne won the popular vote and Burrow won the electoral college. If Burrow had been chosen the quarterback, then Dwayne Haskins beat out a guy who went on to win the Heisman, be the number one draft pick, have one of the great college football seasons ever, and quarterback in a Super Bowl. And in that time period, Dwayne Haskins was better. That is part of this legacy. I, I agree. It's, you know, when I, I've, I've, when news of this magnitude happens, I, I find myself like just kind of like reading other people on the beat and how they process things and how they write about things. Um, and I was reading, um, not to drop his name again, but Rob Aller from the Columbus Dispatch <laughs> wrote, a, wrote a column. And I think the lead to his column was like, Dwayne Haskins beat out Joe Burrow. That's how good he was. And it's like, yeah. Like, and, and obviously, right? We, we, all knew, no, no one, we all knew how good Dwayne was. We all know how good Joe is. But at that time, Dwayne was better. Um, yep. and, and honestly, too, probably, I, I, maybe this is the wrong way to say it, like, like Ohio State maybe needed needed Dwayne to be better at the time because they they that offense needed to take a step forward and it's not to say that Joe could not have done the things that Dwayne did in 2018 if he was put into a similar offense because Joe Burrow is awesome um but I think had Joe won that job or had shown himself to be better and was ultimately the pick Urban probably would have felt much more comfortable doing the things that he had done in the past in terms of running his quarterback, not having a super, you know, explosive or sophisticated passing game, but he couldn't do that with Dwayne as his quarterback. He had to change with Dwayne as his quarterback. And, and because he had the change, I think Ohio state is in a much better place now as, as a program in terms of its offensive identity, in terms of how quarterbacks, the most important position view this program, because Dwayne at that time was the right guy to be picked to be the starting quarterback. I think that's very well said because they would have found themselves in a world where they were running Joe Burrow 17 times a game mm -hmm. because Joe would have been able to do it. Yeah. And it just wasn't Dwayne's game. And I remember very specifically asking Urban at some point late in that season, like, are you kind of not comfortable with this entirely? And he was like, oh, yeah, but it was, it was like a clean break. And I do think part of this is imagine being that guy, Landis, that, you know, your head coach wants to do it a certain way. You know, that's not really your skill set. And Urban has said, I never saw a high school quarterback throw it like Dwayne. Urban loved the way Dwayne threw it. But they recruited a quarterback ahead of him who was basically an option quarterback who wound up wanting to play receiver. That's the way they were still thinking. That was the world that Dwayne Haskins walked into. And I think you needed that belief in yourself because you were a square peg in a round hole in a lot of ways. 
Yeah. And there were I there were people, I think, around the program, around Dwayne, who weren't sure, which made it even more important that Dwayne was sure. It wasn't extraneous that Dwayne Haskins believed in himself. It was fundamental. It was necessary. It changed Ohio State football. And whatever comes next, Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord and Devin Brown and everybody after him, there'll never be another Dwayne because Dwayne was first. He was first. And, and, and he was even, they were, they were what they were before him. And the guy they got, like Tate Martell was after him. And that he's, a, he's a similar guy to that. Like there wasn't, when they, when they got Dwayne, there was not a vision of like, okay, like here's our guy and this is going to be transformative or we're going to shape the offense to him. Clearly that wasn't the case or else they wouldn't have recruited the quarterbacks they recruited, recruited after Dwayne. Um, but he forced them into it. He, he like give him all the credit in the world, saw the vision for himself and, and had the confidence to know that if he got the, got his shot, he would change the way that the position, position is played at Ohio state, but no one was thinking about him in that way. Like inside the building or outside of the building, I don't, I, like that wasn't the the vision for him. They needed a quarterback. They got a good one, and and Urban always said like it's the Ohio State offense. I'm sure they probably would have, under different circumstances, maybe tried to shoehorn into that shoehorn Dwayne into that. And I guess in that respect, Ryan Day gets a little bit of credit too because Ryan Day had the ear of Urban, and I think was able to, you know, coerce that a little bit to to get the offense to where it needed to be to suit Dwayne's talents. But but it starts with Dwayne. Like Dwayne Dwayne knowing what Ohio State had been prior to Dwayne's arrival it was fair to ask yourself, like, why would a guy who plays the position this way ever go to Ohio state? Yeah. Um, but he did. And then he changed the equation. Now only guys like him go to Ohio state. Exactly. Right. And Ryan day clearly brought out the best in Dwayne, but Dwayne gave Ryan day an opportunity because we got to see what Ryan day could be. Now he did it with JT to an extent, but it was next level with Dwayne. And you know what? If that offense doesn't throw 50 touchdown passes and doesn't throw for nearly 5,000 yards and doesn't score 62 on Michigan, maybe Ryan Day's not the head coach. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Dwayne changed everything. So that's mostly of what I wanted to get to. We, the idea of like, should he have stayed in, in college one more year? He's a first round pick. I thought he was going to be, I thought he should have gone six to the Giants. When mm-hmm. he came out, Kyler Murray was still a baseball player. I remember being at the combine thinking, I was going to write a story about could Nick Bosa and Dwayne Haskins be the first two picks. When's the last time that a school had the top two picks in the draft. And then the Kyler Murray stuff started after that. But the idea like, Oh, Dwayne should have stayed. Listen, almost every quarterback who goes after three years could be quote helped by another year in college, but it wasn't a realistic conversation. He had just thrown 50 touchdown passes had smashed every record in the book. He had to go like it's it's yeah. it's sec- unfair second guessing to be like, oh, you should. It's like it was never a realistic conversation. Any first round pick has to go. I thought it was going to be. I, I wrote after the Rose Bowl. That was like the thing that I wrote. <clears throat> and we were that was when I was at the athletic. I wasn't with Cleveland.com anymore. But like I kind of did a similar thing as what I did after the Michigan game. I just like followed Dwayne after the Rose Bowl and like talked to him. And I remember asking him, like, are you really conflicted about this? And he said, yeah. And I don't know if he was just saying what he needed to say, if he truly was or not, but it was, it was pretty clear. Like at the time we all thought he was going to be the first quarterback taken in the draft. I wrote that. I think a lot of people believe that it didn't play out that way, but of course you go when you're in that position. It's just like what so much can happen if you come back. And and part of that is you can get better and, and obviously, you know, grow as a player or, you know, a lot of negative things can happen that, that knock you down a few pegs from where you would have been had you gone out um, when, when, you know, your, your stock was its highest. So um, of course he had to go. I don't, 
it's easy to relitigate it now, maybe because his pro career didn't play out the way that that people thought it would. But I think nine nine out of ten or ten out of ten players in Dwayne's situation would have gone and probably should have gone when he went out. And the last thing I want to cover before we have to get out of here is he could have won the Heisman. And I'm not so sure if Ohio State beats Purdue and Ohio State is a playoff team and Ohio State is undefeated and he has 50 touchdown passes. I guess he threw some in the Rose Bowl in the Big Ten Championship game. He finished a clear third. Clearly, Kyler Murray was going to win it. Tuatonga Bailoa was second. Dwayne was third. And those are the only three guys invited. If you're talking about an undefeated team, that's a different conversation. And let's keep that in mind. Just like as many as Ohio uh, Heisman Trophy winners as Ohio State has, Keith Byers was that close to winning the Heisman. There's a world. As great as Dwayne was, I think there are three or four things that could have gone his way that would have made him even more legendary. And imagine if right now we were talking about that, that we know Dwayne, but imagine if everybody else in the college football world was talking about the passing of a Heisman Trophy winner. He was good enough to win a Heisman Trophy that year, Landis. Yeah, he absolutely was. The The loss of Purdue, I guess, was probably what, what, what did him in. I can't remember exactly what – I know Kyler had video game numbers. I can't remember exactly how that season played out for him. Um, I remember maybe thinking at the time or writing, maybe writing at the time, like it's hard to win the Heisman if you have a bad game especially when you're when you're in that kind of competition with those with those kind of players like Kyler and Tua. Um, and, you know, the Purdue game was not Dwayne's best game. It was hard, like the reason they lost was not really his fault at all. But um, when you lose by that kind of margin and Dwayne like threw the ball like 80 times in that game, I think it was just like it was just not a good showing really for anybody. Um, and had that gone, even even if frankly, even if Ohio State had lost that game in different fashion, and Dwayne's numbers were a little different, I still think he could have won the Heisman. Because if that game's closer, maybe Ohio State gets more playoff consideration. And then if they're in that kind of conversation, that helps their Heisman chances too. And clearly he had the numbers otherwise um, and was awesome against Michigan, just like surgical against Michigan that year. Um, and that's the kind of game where it's like, if you're kind of iffy on whether or not he should be a Heisman candidate, like that's the game that could put you over the top of everything else is in place. So it was close. It was really close. And in the end, bottom line, a rare guy, unlike anybody else that we've come across one year as a starter, but an imprint bigger than that. And just different in a, in a place where there's a lot of great players, but sometimes they blend together. Dwayne Dwayne Haskins didn't blend with anybody. Dwayne Haskins stood out and people will not forget that guy. Yeah. He's one of one. Um, And there's not, you don't come across many people in your life like that. And even, even, you know, in a position profession where we talk to a lot of high profile people, a lot of gifted people, a lot of captivating people. Um, Dwayne is still one of one. Bill Landis, so happy you could join us uh, to talk about Dwayne Haskins. It was really fun to get to cover this guy. It was a privilege to get to cover this guy. Um, the little windows that we got to see what he was like. And then the performances as people, as frustrated as people were by the Ohio state defense in 2018, man, was Dwayne Haskins fun. Man, was that offense fun. Can you imagine if the offense wasn't great? <laughs> while people were dealing with that defense that year? He gave people so many great memories and uh, and did it in a way that he let everybody everybody in on the fun, man. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was <clears throat> I know, seasons tend to get defined by how they end, and that one didn't end the way people wanted it to. But, man, that was special what he did that year. Special and, and incredibly important and something that, that Ohio State would be benefiting from, from for years down the line. All right, people, make sure you guys are reading Bill Landis at The Athletic. Tremendous Ohio State coverage there. One of the best in the business. Uh, Landis, thanks again for taking time out of your day to relive uh, 
relive the the legacy and and the wonders of Dwayne Haskins with us. Um, it was like it should be fun because he was fun. Mm-hmm. This is tragic, but man, he he was really fun. So I hope people enjoyed remembering how fun he was. We'll come back after this. We have some great memories from some of you guys, some of our texters who wrote in. We'll get to some of those next after this on Buckeye Talk. All right. Thanks to Bill Landis for that. Love Landis. Love having him on. Uh, We're going to get more into the 2018 season. We didn't obviously go much into that in detail when Stephen and Nathan and I run through the 2018 Ohio State-Michigan game on the Tuesday Buckeye Retalkables. We will do that and talk about how amazing that whole year was for Dwayne Haskins. But I do want to share, listen, when when stuff like this happens, uh, I do think it's a time when people feel a community and you feel it in times of joy, uh, times of joy, you feel it in times of tragedy. And I know a lot of people uh, were thinking about Dwayne Haskins and his family this weekend. And I also know that people were thinking about their fandom and thinking about what Ohio State means to them because you love Ohio State, which allows you to love somebody like Dwayne Haskins. So that's the great thing of sports. We're not going to pretend that we know these people intimately, but we know how they affect us. We know what they bring to us. And so let's share some of the messages from our tech subscribers, uh, people who shared their thoughts about Dwayne Haskins from the three uh, from the three one zero. I have reminded people about again the video from two thousand eight. It's on YouTube of Dwayne Haskins touring the Woody Hayes Athletic Center from the three one zero. For a moment, amidst the immediateness of the sadness, I had forgotten about the videos of Dwayne as a child. Thanks for bringing that to the forefront. That's the way I want to remember Dwayne, the boy who chased his dream and allowed us to share his experience. I, I think that is big in this, that that is a special thing. And the proof of that dream um, is amazing. If you have not seen that video of Dwayne Haskins as a kid in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, uh, take time out of your day to go find that. From the 210, I remember sitting in my apartment by myself crying tears of joy during the 2018 Michigan game when I realized Ohio State was going to pull away and beat them. Um, that's Dwayne Haskins. Those tears of joy. Dwayne Haskins helped, helped make those. From the 330, it really is hard to put into words how sad this news is. Honestly, I fell in love with Ohio State football because of Dwayne Haskins. I didn't really truly follow the team until I got to college, specifically my senior year. Dwayne was the quarterback, and I was a huge fan of him. I went to bat for him against my Indiana and Purdue friends, and I remember being mad he didn't win the Heisman. I told my friends, just wait until it gets to the NFL and we'll see who the best player in this draft is. I really thought he was going to get it turned around in Pittsburgh, and it's sad we never got to see if that would be the case. All in all, thank you, Dwayne, for helping me fall in love with this football program and for really joining the best fan base in college football. I do think, right, we all have that person that we love the program, we love the team, but there's a person who helps us do that, who helps manifest that love. And if that's Dwayne Haskins for you, that's a that's a great guy to have that happen with. Some of you, it's Troy Smith. Some of you, it's Rex Kern. Some of you, it's Maurice Claret. Some of you, it's... Braxton Miller, right? We know it's a different person. For some of you, it's Dwayne Haskins. That's a great guy to pick to have Dwayne Haskins help bring the Buckeyes to you that way. 
from the 937. Took me a second to think about the death of a 24-year-old that I had never met, that it had me a little teary-eyed. Ohio State football is one of the most important things in my life. My relationship with my dad, the friends I made in college at Ohio State that still come over on Saturdays, the highs and lows of being a sports fan in general. I remember all these guys. I feel connected to these guys. They're a Buckeye. I'm a Buckeye. They are a part of great memories. That's what makes this pretty great. It is. And I think that connection is real. And again, I am going to try, if I can, to maybe try to get some of Dwayne's former Ohio State teammates on here. I certainly will invite them. It's a really difficult time for people. I'm not sure anybody wants to come on uh, at this point. But if we could have the people on, this is their friend, right? This is a guy that we knew mostly through his play. The people who knew him personally, we're not going to pretend that it's the same. But these connections are real. We understand that. I don't have to tell you guys that. Your connection as a fan to a player that you love is real. That is a relationship. Your relationship with Dwayne Haskins is real. And that's going to stay forever from the 419. I bought, this is a great story. I bought an Ohio State 7 jersey my sophomore year at Ohio State. That was Chris Gamble's last year, and I felt pretty confident there would be a special freshman wearing 7 in 2004. I'm superstitious about what I wear for Ohio State games, so I didn't want to wear the new jersey until what I assumed was a guaranteed Ohio State victory. So I chose to wear it for the first time when I attended a night game at Northwestern in 2004. That obviously went poorly. Ohio State lost that game. I didn't wear the jersey again until the night before Ohio State played Texas in 2005. Ohio State lost again, and I assumed the jersey was cursed, and I put it in a closet for 13 years. In 2018, I was pretty confident Ohio State would lose to Michigan. So much, I almost sold my tickets. My dad told me, win or lose, we stand by our team. So I pulled the seven jersey out of the closet and said, okay, I'm going to ride with seven today. And that was one of the greatest single game performances I've seen by an Ohio State player. Just an unforgettable game from Haskins. Guy was just unflappable. Rest in peace, seven from the 419. Um, <laughs> that's real, right? That's real. I don't, it's all of this is real. These people have the ability. I think it's a privilege in a lot of ways for these athletes to be so skilled, to put in so much work, to allow themselves the opportunity to make great moments for others. And if you think of the things we will do in our lives where we make great moments for other people, how many Dwayne Haskins fit into 24 years of life compared to what most of us will do in our lifetimes? Um, like you, you live in that joy that you share, that you create and share. You live in those memories. So... The idea that he's not going to have that opportunity and that he's not going to be able to share in that. That's what I think from a fan perspective is lost here. Part of it, at least, is that you wanted those times. You wanted Dwayne Haskins back at the spring game getting cheered by fans when he was introduced. You wanted Dwayne Haskins coming back to hang out at homecoming when he was done playing football and was off to the next stage of his life and could bring come back here with his family and say, hey, this is where... 
I did this, right? If you had bring your kids back, like that kind of thing that, and for him to then have another chance to feel what you guys are expressing now. I, I hope Dwayne felt that. I, I, I'm sure he knew it. He knew it, what he did for people. But that we didn't get that chance to give that back to him even more um, than we did when he gave that to Ohio State fans to such a degree. From the 954, a true man of God. He loved the number seven. It's God's number. And he used that number his whole high school, college, and Washington career. But I was glad uh, he was glad to get number three at the Steelers because of the Trinity. It means complete. I had the personal pleasure of knowing Dwayne and his family. He was a real friend from the 954. Um, like this is like this is like a real guy, right? This is again, this is I loved my interactions with Dwayne Haskins, but this this is a real guy here. Um from the 614, my memories of Dwayne will simply be about his ability to just go out and rip it. You could argue he was the tool that enabled Ryan Day to bring Ohio State's offense into the modern machine it is now. While Urban's offenses put up big numbers, they were somewhat antiquated for what football was moving towards. Haskins pushed the offense to the next level, and his exuding confidence will always be remembered fondly. My single favorite memory of Dwayne was standing in the pocket in Ann Arbor after JT went down and ripping it between two defenders to Austin Mack for a huge third down conversion and a spark that pushed the Bucks back on top and stayed there for another win. I love JT, but I'm not sure he would have pulled the trigger on a play like that. Dwayne had the onions to do that. And it was glorious. Uh, he did. That's a, that's that's Dwayne uh, perfectly stated in a nutshell. From the 937, without Dwayne, Ohio State is not the quarterback and wide receiver breeding ground. It is becoming. His 2018 season paved the way for the Ohio State team we see now on the field. Thank you for the memories we um, and the leg- Thank you for the memories and for the legacy you helped create. Rest in honor, young man. Uh, I think you know a lot of you guys are on the same page here. We have so many great responses from our tech subscribers. You know, we're not going to I'm not going to be able to read all of them, but to share some of these. Terry from Toronto in the 289. This is brutal. He was a vital figure and revolutionized the Ohio State passing game. He was confident and he had that infectious smile. It really felt like he was maturing and I still believe in an NFL career for him. I have assigned Haskins jersey with OHIO and Go Bucks inscribed on the 7 hanging in my office. I see it Every single day. It's my background when I am on web calls for work. Very sad. Rest in peace. Um, you know, just we could, I, I could keep going. I'll do a, a, a few more here. From the 419, in college, I didn't care about football, but my roommate just so happened to be a Michigan fan. He was watching the 2017 Ohio State-Michigan game. And when Dwayne Haskins came in because of injury and we won, that's what got me into being a diehard Buckeyes fan. I bought his jersey and everything. He changed Ohio State football. Seriously heartbreaking. Way too soon. Gosh, I love that idea. Like, ah, I don't I don't really care about football that much. Oh, wait, who's this guy who just came in and led a miracle comeback? I like football now. I love that. From the 412, Dwayne provided one of the greatest sports experiences of my life. I'm from Pittsburgh and a lifelong Buckeye fan. My uncle is a lifelong Michigan fan. He had never been to the big house before, so I took him to the game at the big house in 2017 for his 50th birthday. It is a day I will never forget. I have videos from after the extra point after he led his first TD drive, and it is silent with stunned faces. Your uncle is a Michigan fan. He's never been to a game in Michigan Stadium. You take him there, and the game you take him to is Dwayne Haskins coming off the bench 
to lead a comeback. That is a great, that is a tremendous family memory. From the 419, my heart breaks about the situation. I feel so terrible for his family and the people that knew him that will miss him terribly, especially knowing he passed at the age he did. I don't feel super great talking about football, but for the purposes of this, I will. The moment that sticks out about Dwayne was his entrance to the 2017 Michigan game in one of the most hostile environments Ohio State can play in. Um, On third and four, the running back rolls out and Dwayne has empty backfield, causing me to say, oh no, out loud while taking in the game. And he zips one off a curl route to KJ Hill for a 20-yard gain. That was the game I thought showed Dwayne had to be the starter in 2018 over Joe Burrow. The idea that Burrow would start over Dwayne after a comeback performance like that in a relief role was unfathomable. I told my friends if Burrow starts, he had better be united. And it turned out that he just might be. Prayers to Dwayne and his family. So listen, we know this is not about football, but our memories are of football. So I think to celebrate his accomplishments as a football player and then what he brought to us at people is, as people uh, is appropriate. It's what we can do. It is not what it's all about in the end, but it's how he was able to bring something to the world beyond being a good person, right? It's his, it's his athletic skill that allowed this. From the 614, it feels like Dwayne is sometimes forgotten about. Or when he is remembered, it's in the Joe Burrow context. I'm guilty of that too. He was between the JT era and the Fields era, and his team wasn't truly great. But if you were writing a book about Ryan Day bringing this offense to Ohio State, Dwayne would be chapter one. We talk about Brian Hartline's NFL pipeline a lot, but Dwayne was the first of Day's quarterback pipeline. He should always have a place in Buckeye history. Rest in peace. Okay. We'll stop there. There's a lot more I could go through. A lot of similar sentiments. Um, from the 740, Dwayne Haskins may be one of the most underappreciated Buckeyes in recent times. He launched us into this offense we run now and did it with such ease. I do think, right? I, I do think if you think if you don't if you think about it not in the right context, he can be underrated. He can slip through the crack. Um, but if you really think about it, there's no way that that can happen. Because you know what he is, what all you guys are saying, what we have been saying. Okay, we will relive that 2018 Michigan game on Tuesday. This is a celebration. It is a tragedy. It is a tragedy. And our hearts and our thoughts and our prayers are with the Haskins family and with his former teammates and with the people who loved him. But we can celebrate the joy that he brought to all of us and appreciate that and make sure uh, that the people out there know that we appreciate that. And um, this is what sports is about, that it brings people together. And Dwayne Haskins brought people together. He brought people joy and what a thing to do in life. So he will be missed, but he should be celebrated. And we tried to do that today on Buckeye Talk, and we will do that on Tuesday when we relive the 2018 Ohio State-Michigan game. We are continuing to write about Dwayne at cleveland.com slash OSU, and we appreciate you uh, joining us here today to talk about uh, a guy who was so important to Ohio State football. Thanks to Landis for coming on. Thanks to you guys for listening. I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk.